Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to Meet You at the Bottom, a conversation podcast where we get to the bottom of top of mind topics with the drink in hand, of course. I'm your host, Abhinav Brahmabdam. So we have a first for Meet You at the Bottom, a guest that is from my hometown and my high school, Springfield High School in Springfield, Illinois. This week, I was joined by interior design expert Christy Rolfe, who's based in Atlanta and works for one of the leading interior design firms. Although the world of interior design isn't a hot button issue or a controversial issue by any means at all, it's an interesting topic and personally I wanted to learn more and and it's a field and a discipline that I literally know nothing about. And so it was a really fun conversation speaking with Christy on what she actually does, the industry as a whole, what careers are out there, and her advice uh, for aspiring interior designers. And so I hope you can take some benefit from the conversation that I did. And I did ask her, you know, what the tangible benefit of hiring an interior designer is. And she has some really good answers. So if there's anything that you can get out of this, at least you can get out some nice tips and tricks on how to make your home or business, you know, look more sharp. And I know for those of you that are looking for more controversial hot button topic issues, they're on its way. We've got an episode coming up on climate change, an episode on the future of the cannabis industry, an episode on big tech and the breakup with that, uh, an episode about pizza toppings and how ridiculous it is to have pineapple on a pizza, uh, and many, many more. And we also have some more non-controversial topics as well, such as you know the country of Moldova, hunting in the Midwest, and fighting Illini basketball, baby. So. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Christy Rolfe on interior design. And as always, thank you very much for listening in every single week. I really appreciate the support. Welcome back to Meet You at the Bottom. This week, I'm joined by a fellow Springfield High School Senators alum, Christy Rolfe. For those listeners, yes, our high school mascot in Springfield, Illinois was the Senators. So we're legendary in, uh, in one sense. And although Christy is a Midwesterner at heart, she's truly become a Southern gal. Right after high school, went to Auburn University and then post-graduation of Auburn, you know, moved to the closest big city around Atlanta, Georgia, where she currently works as an interior designer. How are you doing, Christy? It's good seeing your face. It's been a while. Doing good. I'm excited to see you and be on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to uh, expand my geographic presence by having you on here into the, into the Sun Belt region. Yeah, it's welcome to the Southeast. Um, and I'm sure you're really glad that Atlanta is out of the news and Georgia after this presidential race. I'm sure it was crazy down there. It was crazy, but it was kind of cool, honestly. We made local news and not for like our highway burning down. So it was good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And for those that have been listening, I predicted that the counties around Atlanta would be the, the, the counties that decided the race. So I'm pretty happy for my own ego. It's pretty exciting. It's like historical for Georgia to have switched um, sides. That hasn't happened in like decades. So Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, um, we're here to talk about the world of interior design. Um, before we delve in, though, what are you drinking? I am drinking a bee's knees 
This was my quarantine cocktail. Wait, a what? A bee's knees. It's gin, um, honey mixed with water, and lemon juice. Wow, interesting. Um, my roommate and I discovered we had a ton of liquor, and so that's what we did. During quarantine or just in general? During, like, shelter in place when you couldn't go anywhere, we just made cocktails. Love that. Love <laughs> I've been doing beer the last few episodes, but since in the presence of the South here, I went classy and got a glass of uh, Cabernet uh, from Chateau mm-hmm. St. Michelle. It's a vineyard up in Woodenville, Washington, just north of Seattle. So it's, it's pretty wow. cool. A lovely cab. Yeah, I did. I mean, you went classy cocktail and I went classy glass of wine, so... I almost did cab, so we could have been twins, but. Yeah, I mean, is this what interior designers do? Just drink? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe I should switch careers. Um, but all right, before before we delve in though, you know, just to set the stage, I wanna you know spend some time on what interior design is actually, what careers are out there and then the benefits for common folk like myself to use interior designers um, since I don't know shit about this. And I'll be honest, and I've kind of told you before, uh, I pretty much know nothing, like almost negative amount of things on interior design. So I'm excited for our talk. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the folks listening to you don't know much about it as well, um, or just brush it aside. And so I think this will be really beneficial for everyone. And so, you know, really appreciate you taking time. And I know you have to watch The Bachelor later tonight. so. I won't keep you keep you too much. <laughs> anyway, though, all right. So, what really like? What is interior design? Like, what the hell is it? Um, it's kind of a bit broader than I think most people think. Um, a typical person, when they hear interior design, I think everyone just thinks home, like uh, designing your house and vacation homes and stuff. But there's actually a lot of different sectors of it. Um, So I do restaurant design and you can have hotel design that all falls under um, kind of like a hospitality category. And then there's interior designers for offices, healthcare, um, really any building that you can think of, um, there's someone doing the interior design for it. Um, So it's a lot broader and bigger than you think. And it's essentially like whenever you walk into a space, as soon as you walk through that door, um, every decision within that is made by the interior designer. Um, so the floor plan, where the walls are, sometimes where the windows and doors are, what the ceiling's doing, every finish, every piece of furniture, what's on the shelf, the lighting, the color of the lighting, the light bulb, every little detail then is decided by the interior designer. Um, so I think a lot of people generally think more decorating, like I need a couch and some cool pillows to go on it, which is definitely within the wheelhouse, but there's a lot more that we do in addition to that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that, like what the difference is between a decorator and a designer. And, you know, like I I know a lot of folks have these like Pinterest boards. I've just learned this um, from my girlfriend, (laughs) looking at something and why can't I use a Pinterest board, you know, versus, or do you use a Pinterest board? I guess, how do you come up, like, what do you do? Yeah, Um, I mean, we do use Pinterest, but I think like the education and the knowledge of like how things are built and the drawings and permitting is what like an interior designer has to offer that a typical person couldn't. Um, So I went to school four years of undergrad for interior design, and that was my um, main major. 
and it's a CETA accredited school. So that means that I can take the NCIDQ, which is like the CFA of interior design. Um, so you actually get certified three exams to become a professional interior designer. And um, there's just a lot of knowledge behind it as far as building codes and accessibility codes. And we do all the construction drawings. So it's drafting, um, knowing how things are built. Um, I guess I could tell you like my day is pretty different. So when we get a project, you kind of start with concepting and that's where Pinterest comes in where you talk to the client about, you know, what do they picture the space? How do they want it to feel? What are some other places they've been to that they like the feel of that they think would be a good example? And from there, we just kind of put together images. And a lot of the time they are from Pinterest or they're from a magazine or the internet or somewhere I've been to kind of give just a, like a look and feel for the space. Um, and then from there, it's a lot of sketching and putting together computer renderings and designing every little detail. So what does the ceiling look like, the floor, the walls, what furniture is going in, where is the furniture, what's the fabric, what's the finish. Um, you put it all together, you sell the big idea, and then from there it's drawing it up. So doing a full set of construction drawings, um, writing a specification so someone can buy like every little piece of furniture, and then it's a long process from there of building it, and installing it and then it's open. So it's kind of, that's like in a nutshell, the massive process of just one project. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I think this is like another topic added to the long list of like we've um, mentioned in previous episodes that I've just kind of brushed aside when I was in high school or college, didn't really understand it, didn't want to understand it or think about it. And then now as I get older, kind of just, and this podcast embarked on this journey. It's like, all right, this is an example, an avenue for someone to showcase creativity, value, thoughts. And it's, you know, really beneficial to not only your client, but also like broad scope society too. And one thing I've realized that's really cool with interior design is how interdisciplinary it is. Um, like the way you're describing it now, I mean, you have to know engineering, you have to know permits, construction, but then also art, also design and then technology too. And I guess that's more of a statement than a question, but I guess it's like, how do you manage all that? How do you, like you learned it in school, but when you're you know, in practical application, how do you like think about all of that when you're making you know, a sketch and making an initial design and making sure it gets through the right approvals? I mean, it's definitely something you learn over time and I'm only four years in, so I'm, I'm leading projects, but I'm certainly not, I don't know everything. Um, so you really do rely on a lot of different disciplines. Um, so my studio, we're half architects and half interior designers. So that's half of us that we rely on to have a whole different set of knowledge, like architecture, how the building itself is made and a little more knowledge of construction. And then, um, you know, we sub out and hire consultants of engineers. So obviously I don't know anything about that. So it's a lot of just communicating and working together with people to make sure that if I come up with some really big idea and a sketch that, you know, how are we actually going to make that work? A collaboration. Yeah, it seems like it. it seems pretty unique. And then, you know, from the client standpoint, so does it work like they hire you and, you know, the other consultants or engineers or technology folks, you guys hire them or do they have to hire 
you know, each them individually? Uh, it depends on the project. So typically the clients hire us and yeah. usually the architect hires the engineer. Um, but sometimes it varies. Like if we do a restaurant in a big hotel and maybe the owner of the restaurant is not the owner of the hotel, we're not going to have a separate whole set of people just for this little space. So it's kind of like we're working with the team already put together for the whole hotel. Um, so it's, it's just a project and depends on the discipline. Cause honestly, with a hospital, I have no idea how that works. You know, I'm sure there's a ton of consultants and with a house, there's probably a lot less cause you really just maybe could do it with just an interior designer and a builder. Kind of, kind of a bummer personally. And I should have known this as your friend that, uh, you don't do home interior designs and restaurants. So now I need to have a restaurant for you to interior design the space. <laughs> I've done, I have some experience in residential and I, I don't know, I could see myself one day moving to it. A lot of my friends who started out doing hotels and stuff have this year switched to residential because during COVID it's booming. It's never been busier. I said, I think everyone's stuck in their homes and they don't like them. So they're just renovating. Yeah. People. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause you have one end of the spectrum, just doing that. And the one end, the end of the spectrum trying to find their next meal. It's a crazy place we, uh, we live in, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, can, you, can you touch on the technology that you guys use? Um, as someone who's just interested in, in technology, broad scope, I think interior design, you guys have to use it um, all the time. And obviously there's a lot of hand sketching, but how do you visualize you know, what you're drawing you know, how do you put it into place and, you know, what do you rely on and do you have to have another set of certifications or studies to, you know, make sure you're using, you know, this uh, subject well? Yeah, um, there's two big drafting programs that we use. Um, AutoCAD is one, which is, it can be 3D, but it's usually just 2D lines and it's kind of the older, more traditional drafting program. Um, and then Revit is, the newer one and with that you actually build things in 3d um and that's your drawing set as well as a 3d model so with that there's enscape there's vr so you can actually build the space and then we have these like like in video games where you like put on the whole headset thing and have the controls and you can have clients like walk around and see the entire space finish um wow. so technology is a game changer from it used to be, you know, we would just do a hand sketch of one view and that's what they got to sell them on the idea. And now we can build up the whole thing and have them walk around and see it all. So it's been pretty huge. Uh, it's like you're a little kid with a little headset and just playing around and trying to build someone's restaurant, uh, which is, I, I guess that's like really fun in, in a way. Yeah, it's people are like children once we do that. I mean, you like jump the client to like the edge of the building or like, oh, don't fall. Like it's no one grows up. It's still hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just talking about yourself at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the C squads, Christy, I knew in high school is so different. Oh man. <laughs> I found a little cooler, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're designing restaurants and, and hotels and everything. Lastly, on, on the role itself, and we kind of touched on it throughout, like how much, you know, art and drawing is involved 
I'm just trying to gauge like, because it seems interior design, I think folks like myself are like, oh, decorating, drawing, you know, making things look better, but there's just so much more. And so curious, you know, how much of it is art and drawing versus all these other things that we've talked about. I think it definitely helps. Um, I think you need to be interested in art because I think that inspires a lot of design and educates you on different styles and different things. So I think at least an interest in art and design in general is a minimum. Um, as far as having the skills, I think I sketch a lot. So being able to sketch and communicate an idea um, is really important because if you're thinking of something in your head and you can't figure out how to show someone what that is, it's not worth anything. So being able to do like a rough sketch or a even a flat elevation or something is huge. But um, being a true artist and like being a beautiful drawer or renderer or painter, there's definitely a lot of people in the field who can do that. And we have people do hand renderings that they color with markers and it looks perfect. And I wish I could do that, but I just can't. Um, but it kind of varies. I mean, if I could be an artist and sell my art, I would, but I for sure can't, but I can still design a restaurant. So yeah. it kind of depends how you want to work, I guess. Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. And you know, you're going to have a lot of listeners calling you afterwards to design their restaurant. <laughs> I hope so. People always assume I can paint and draw though. And I'm like, no, <laughs> sorry, can't help you. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good comment there. Like, what are some misconceptions um, of, of your role and, and the broader industry? And we talked about a little bit of them and some of my misconceptions, but curious what people, when you like introduce yourself at a bar or to someone who doesn't know you, what do they say? I think, yeah, a lot are just like, oh my gosh, I get this probably a thousand times. Like my apartment, like you have to pick me, help me pick out throw pillows. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> go to home you'll figure it out like <laughs> we just do so much of that um, <laughs> I think that's the number one misconception um, and I guess just not knowing everything like even people in the industry would assume that I don't know how things are built or how the process works or how construction works but I think that's the biggest misconception is that we actually know a lot more than people think about how things are built and codes and I guess the architecture side of it. Yeah, I, I think that's like the biggest takeaway I'm, I'm having from this. It's, you know, I studied finance and I know finance, but doesn't mean I know, you know, marketing that well, or doesn't mean I know IT that well, but for your career, you know, you know, interior design well that you study that, but you also know construction, some technology, art, design, decorating, other things as well. So I think there are not many industries out there where you kind of get a more, you know, broad scope um, exposure to a bunch of different disciplines that are completely different fields, uh, which is pretty unique in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of like you say you're an accountant and everyone's like, oh, you should do my taxes. It's like, eh, I do audit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which sucks. But, but your sister is an accountant. So next time you see her, let, let her know that I would love her to do my taxes even though she probably doesn't do that. <laughs> she doesn't, but my mom's really good at taxes. <laughs> All right, perfect. I know where she's at. Let's, uh, let's switch to careers and in the interior designing uh, field. So, you know, where do you, so say you studied it 
where do folks go afterwards? Um, larger corporations, uh, I think that's where you're at, or like more smaller, you know, solo shops or entrepreneurs, like how does it kind of break down? And maybe there's not really a breakdown. It totally depends on um, what you want to do. Like I know a lot of people who went straight into kind of what you would traditionally think residential. So it's a smaller business. It's one lady that started her own firm and maybe she has two employees under her. Um, I know a lot of people that went that route and I think it's awesome and really cool and probably something I want to do one day. Um, and then there's a world of other possibilities. So I started at a firm where like a 30 person studio within a 200 person architecture firm. And we specialize in restaurants, but it's part of a big corporation. And I know people that went to New York and went to work for a 30 person firm or someone that works for a Gensler, which would be like commercial or hospitality or hotels, but it's still, you know, they have thousands of employees all over the country. Um, so it really depends. I mean, there's, tons of different things you can do with it and there's a lot of options which I think is good and correct me if I'm wrong here it's it's not really geographic dependent right there aren't interior design hubs within the U.S. or are there in terms of cities I guess bigger cities is more of an interior design hub so there's definitely designers in small towns like in Springfield there's interior designers but it's more it's like a residential firm or maybe they specialize in kitchens. They're just smaller. Um, so if you want to do a bigger firm or nationwide or international projects, then going to bigger cities, you know, New York's obviously huge, San Francisco, mm -hmm. Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, you know, any big city has a pretty good hub for design. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, you brought it up, not me. So are you going to go back to Springfield, Illinois eventually and just build your own practice there? Uh, I don't think so. I do get sad sometimes when I go home. I'm like, should I live in Springfield? I've abandoned my parents. It's such a cute town. Like maybe I should just start my own firm here, but I don't think so. Um, convinced my parents to retire at a lake house down south. So I think that's our plan. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I, I, you don't have to tell me anything anything positive about Springfield. I mean, I love that place. Uh, are you, are you coming home for uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm going to be home for a week at Thanksgiving and probably at Christmas too. Oh, nice. Same, same here. But we'll hang out. Yeah, we can, um, we can hit up Obed and Isaac's. That's my new favorite spot down there. Is that your spot? Are they open right now? Yeah, I would assume so. They have a huge patio. But who knows? Oh, that's right. I went um, home for a week and I literally went nowhere but my parents' backyard. So Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of my uh five months and then the occasional Olive Garden carry out or Taco Bell drive through run. Solid. <laughs> Going back to the careers in interior design, I guess how um how does it shake out post-graduation in terms of specialty. So you're in, you know, restaurant, hospitality. We talked about folks in residential. Uh, is that how the, the field is, specialists? Or are there, you know, agencies that kind of do it all, catch all? 
I think you go into maybe one sector at a time. And like my firm does several different types. So hypothetically, you could switch within those types. Um, so I think there's definitely specialties, but you're not necessarily tied to it. Um, I think I would have a hard time going from, let's say, restaurants to hospitals, because I think the technical knowledge is just so different there. There's so many more rules and skills needed for the different things. But um, I don't necessarily think that you specialize in one thing and you're stuck with that for your whole life. I think it's pretty easy to move around from sector to sector. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily be doing both at the same time. Got it. Got it. Did you have to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like specialize in your education as well? So say if you were thinking about hospitals, is there like certain subjects you have to take, focus on that, or is it just more real world experience after you graduate and finish your studies? Um, so we covered all the different sectors in my undergrad. Um, so we had a semester for each. So we did a semester residential, hospitality, healthcare, commercial. Um, so they taught us a little bit about each so that you could try them out and decide maybe what you want to start out in. But at least you have a baseline knowledge for all of them. So if you wanted to switch, you know a little bit about it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And then shifting to like the whole landscape and and uh, like the competitive nature too. I'm sure there's a lot of folks equally talented um, as you and your shop. Like how do you differentiate you know, versus the competitors and, and and specifically like like clients like me who don't really know, you know, the nuances, but know, hey, I need to have an interior designer. You know, how do I, how do you win our business, my business? Think of this as a pitch that you're going to have to make in 20 years when I have a restaurant. All right. All right. I think it just depends on um, what people are looking for and um, showcasing your skills well. I mean, interior design so visual that I think um, like pictures and imagery is really what sells people, but also um, communicating well and having a good pitch and being able to sell your design. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can market yourself as a person and you can market your firm. Um, obviously, Instagram's huge nowadays, so a lot of firms and a lot of people use that as a tool um, to really showcase work that they've done. It's an easy way to show sketches and process and get people interested in your work. Um, our firm markets a lot just through word of mouth and through the places we have open. So a lot of people, you know, you go to a restaurant and you're like, this is so cool. Who did this? Once you figure it out, then you start telling people about it. Or if you were going to open a restaurant, you know, you look up the ones you like the best and see who did them. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, individually, when looking for different jobs, um, Instead of just a resume, you have to submit a portfolio too, which kind of showcases your work. And that's huge because you're showing all sorts of different skills. Um, so as a person you wanna show, you know, I can do graphic design, I can put a presentation together, I can do every part of the process from concept imagery to furniture, to drawings, to a rendering. And it's kind of just a quick way to showcase all your skills into like one little booklet or something. Um, so it's hard to put together, but I think just graphically and visually, um, that's what really sells people on your work. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Did you like my question in, in the podcast outline of what the hell a portfolio is? 
I forget that like other people don't have to submit a portfolio when they apply to jobs. Like what would a finance portfolio look like even? An Excel sheet, I guess. And no one wants to do your taxes for free. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I think it brings up a good good point. And, and I kind of talked about it with one of my guests a couple episodes ago that it's becoming very common even in business um, you know, job applications to submit like a website or if you have something else that differentiates. I think everyone is their own personal brand. And maybe, you know, it seems like the interior design uh, field just had it figured out before other people with, you know, personal portfolio and, you know, how you differentiate yourself. Because I think kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning a little bit of, you know, there's so much value out there, untapped value that folks benefit if other people share and, and create. And and I kind of view your portfolio as, as something like that. And I've been thinking about it like, oh, if I have a job application and someone asks me, you know, for a website, like I don't have anything to say and other than my, my resume. And so obviously you got to figure out a way to differentiate yourself. So I think that's pretty unique and, and cool. Um, you should totally send me your portfolio after this and I'll send you some feedback. Yeah. <laughs> I have it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's been maybe like a year since I updated it. So, but I'll send it over. I used to have a website too when I first started applying to jobs. Um, a lot of people definitely do that and keep up with it. Yeah, I thought you had a website. I feel like this, I remember that's from conversations. Um, the portfolio will be interesting because then I'm going to pull up a Pinterest board and then I'll compare and then I'll provide my thoughts. Perfect. I really look forward to that. <laughs> uh, and then, and then lastly on careers, um, if someone was just Googling like top interior design firms, is that a, is that a thing? Are there like national firms out there or is it very much more regional focused? Although you guys cover multiple cities, right? Yeah. So we do work all over, but there's definitely huge names in the industry that I think a lot of people would recognize. Um, in the hospitality world, I would say Meyer Davis is like the name to know. Um, they do like one hotels. I don't know if you've heard of that, like one hotel Miami. Um, I could name others, but they just do any place you walk into that's like stunningly beautiful. There's a good chance Meyer Davis did it. Um, residentially, I mean, Kelly Worsler, I think, is like a huge name in residential right now. And she does some hospitality too, the Ace Hotels. Um, her husband owns those, so she oh, does wow. the design for them. Um, but there's definitely like huge, giant names that everyone would know. Um, and I have friends that have worked for him, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, before we go to break, I am curious. When you like walk into a restaurant or walk into a hotel, like, are you walking in as just like, like I would like happy go lucky, just bop it around or are you walking in happy go lucky, but oh, they, that's how they did that. Like they should have thought about doing it this way. Like with your interior design cap on. Oh, I'm judging it. Everything. I'm judging the shit out of it. That's like what I love to do at dinner. And I've yeah. gotten teeth doing it. So we sit down and I'm like, okay, what would you do differently? What do we like? What do we think of the flow? How's the ambiance? Oh my God. I feel like you were, those were questions you were asking in high school from what I remember. Yeah. I feel like I've wanted to do it for a while and now it's just, it's cultivated into everyday life in design. We're like, you like look under the table and we're like, who makes this? How is, what manufacturers this? It's embarrassing, but. <laughs> but I like yeah 
what the, what the hell does um like the flow people say that all the time and i just think it's such a bs word and so i wouldn't i need the expert to explain to me what that means oh the flow of the place the feng shui what what is that come on the flow of a restaurant is like how you move around. So if you've ever been in a restaurant where like all the tables are on top of each other and you can hardly walk and the waiters running into people, that's not good flow. Um, so you want, you know, the waiters to be able to move around out of the way and people to be comfortable and just kind of a good feeling. Got the it. feng shui is the vibe you get sitting there, you know, is it warm ambiance? Are you cozy? Got is it, it cool and mud? It's a I, lot of BS sometimes. It works. Yeah, I get low aspect. That's practical. I, I, I'm a practical person. I understand, Now I understand that. The ambiance, the vibe, like, oh, it's a great vibe. Like, like Pooja and I will go out to dinner. She'll be like, oh, this is a great vibe. I feel great. And I'm like, I got a glass of wine and I got a meal. I'll feel great anywhere. Put me on the side of the street. I'll be good to go. That's not true. I could put you in a cool restaurant and then in a McDonald's and give you the same meal and the ambiance would be better, not McDonald's. Well, if the McDonald's is giving me a vanilla milkshake, then maybe, never know. <laughs> Did you know they, they design McDonald's so that you don't stay long, so that they have a quick turnover? Uh, I did not know that. It wasn't in the, it wasn't in the movie, The Founder. <laughs> I watched that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But yeah, all the furniture, they choose like hard, uncomfortable chairs so you don't stay long. They make the lighting extra bright so it's not comfortable to sit there for too long. Interesting. That is like an evil genius move. Uh, before we go to break, how are you doing on your drink? Drink check. Fine. Oh, you, you might have to refill. You have the second half of this and then you have the bachelorette after. It's, it's going to be tough. I know. Tuesday nights are they're busy. They're very active. Yeah. Well, this was a good uh, first half talking and explaining to me what what you actually do. It's it's good to know and interesting to uh, to hear what type of careers there are in, in the field. Uh, when we come back, we're going to touch a little bit more on the real world applications and when folks need to call an interior designer in. And then lastly, the great Christy Rolfe's advice for aspiring interior designers. And we're back with the up and coming in the next Kelly Hoppin, Christy Rolf from uh, good old Springfield, Illinois. We're delving in deep into the world of interior design. And I hope this is going to be beneficial for all the listeners, but it's very beneficial for me. And uh, I've got a, a lot more respect and understanding of, of the industry. So so thank you. I hope I uh, hope you're enjoying this as well. Yeah, definitely. And and if anything, it's just good to good to catch up. I think the last time we saw each other was New Year's Eve, uh, Chicago, probably a couple years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's like a basement of a club. Yikes! Yeah, River North. It's you enter the club, you just five hours later you're coming out different person did I tell you when we went that's the coldest I've ever been in my life I'm weak I don't know we ordered an uber to go home and we walked outside and the uber said two minutes and we got a taxi because I was like I'm not waiting outside for two minutes in this weather I mean it is a lot different up here than 
three and a half hours south where we grew up uh, completely changes the game. But you get used to it. And secretly, I kind of enjoy enjoy the cold a little bit when like the lights are out and you know it's the holiday season and stuff in December and November. Uh, January is a little bit rough, but but that's okay. We get we get through it. Um, the Chicago way of just eating and drinking, and so it's helpful. The South has made me weak. I can't do it. <laughs> so we, we, I wanted to touch on a little bit of the real world applications. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit and touched on it earlier in the first half, but would curious to know your thoughts and just the tangible benefit of using an interior designer versus, you know, doing it by yourself, um, whether it's in a commercial setting or if you can speak to uh, you know, a residential set, setting as well. I, I want to be able to, you know, paint a picture for the listeners of like, this is something you should seriously think about, you know, when you have some capital and, you know, when you're older and you're embarking on, on a journey. Yeah, um, I think the benefit, regardless of the setting, whether it's for your home or um, something more commercial, is that, you know, we do this all day, every day. So I think there's just like a baseline of knowledge of you know, what things go well and what things don't go well and a more holistic view of it. Um, so I think the benefit of a designer, even if you kind of have an idea of what you want it to look like, is that we're trained and skilled in making that come to light. So just the ease of being able to tell someone what you're thinking and them know how to execute it well, I think is probably something people kind of, it's underrated, you know, they don't, they think they can do it, but when they try to execute it, maybe it doesn't turn out exactly how they thought. And I think um, execution and doing it well and knowing what's right and what's wrong and what will go well and what won't is a huge benefit of having an interior designer. Yeah, so that makes that makes perfect sense. And and I guess like how does the process work? So I I come to you or I you know put out a request um, RFP request for proposal you know, for like three to four designers, you guys come and pitch me your ideas and then say I select you. And so how does it go from there? Is it a lot of handholding or how are you balancing my style versus kind of where you're seeing the, the ambiance and the feng shui of the place and what you envision? Uh, just curious how it works. Yeah, I think the way um, my firm and how I like to work is, you know, they send out the RFP or they say, hey, we want to work with you and we sit down and just talk about, you know, what's the project, what's the space, and then really get the client's feedback, like, hey, what were you thinking? What do you want this to feel like? What are some places um, that you like going to? And just kind of get an idea of their style and their thoughts, because the biggest thing is that while we design it, you know, it's not our space. We're not going to own it. We're not going to live there or work in it every day. So we really want to make the client's vision come to life and do something that um, they're really going to love and enjoy. So talking to them and getting their ideas and feedback is huge and definitely step one of the process. Um, and then from there, we kind of take it back to our workshop and flush it out a bit more and take those ideas and make them maybe a little more tangible and expand upon them and explain, you know, how is that thought going to relate to the actual space and the actual design. And um, so we'll usually present, you know, take their thoughts and then come back and present to them a floor plan and concept imagery so that they can start to see, okay, this is how it's going to be laid out. And this is kind of the vibe we're going for. 
Um, and then once we get their approval on that, we move on to what we call a schematic design presentation. Um, so that's really figuring out the whole visual of the space. Um, so we'll do a floor plan and we'll Photoshop it so that it shows what the finishes are going to be. Um, we'll do a ceiling plan, show those finishes, show where every light fixture is going to be. Um, do like a couple, one to three 3D views and sometimes a rendered elevation so they can visualize it. You know, it's like a picture. They're like, okay, this is what I'm getting. And then break it down. So you say, here's the picture. Within that, this is the chair, this is the fabric, you know, really break it down into little bits and pieces. Um, and then get their buy off. And sometimes they say, you know, we love it, it's perfect. Other times they say, eh, I don't really like that chair, or, you know, the bar looks a little weird. Can we move this around? And it totally depends. I mean, yeah. it's good to get their input, and we want to give them something they love. and you just kind of go back and forth like that until you get it right. And then it's pretty much documentation from there. Um, once it's being built, I think there's a lot of back and forth as well, because, you know, nothing ever goes perfectly. And once you get in a space, there's inevitably going to be things that you can't do or surprises that comes up or something's too expensive or you can't get it. Um, so then it's just, a lot of communication and a lot of back and forth and thinking on the spot to come up with, okay, this doesn't work. What's the next best thing we can do or what else can we do to make it still look like that? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, this is, it's very iterative. Um, honestly, it feels a little exhausting too for you guys um, on your end. And, and I mean, it obviously depends on the client um, and, you know, how quick they are to make a decision and everything, but it's a lot of work, you know, hats off. I mean, I, I spent, Yesterday, like two hours looking at like 40 different bar carts to buy one bar cart. I can't imagine like trying to like do some, you know, a full restaurant or whatever, but uh, it's pretty, pretty unique. It's cool to get that insight. I never really knew how it worked. Um, it takes a lot of time. And a whole day looking for furniture and then go home and be like, did I just get paid to like sit on the internet all day and look at chairs? I guess so. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's and you enjoy doing that, so it's it's like a win-win situation. Yeah. And we do a good job of you know there's different phases of the process. So I usually work on four to six projects at a time. Um, so when one is new and fresh and exciting, and you're designing it, other ones I'm doing the construction drawings, and there's another one that's being built. So I will say it's a good job of you're not just doing one thing at a time. We're, working on different phases so you it keeps you interested and it keeps you from getting kind of burnt out on a project i would say yeah yeah you just get burnt out because you're on four different projects instead of just one <laughs> that's uh that's the investment method you're on th three to five six projects and then let's not burn them out for, on one but let's burn them out on having a multiple projects at a time we'll distract them so they don't realize that they're burnt out yeah <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> quick, quick feedback note. Uh, since you're, I think it looks like you're on your bed, a lot of pillows. So I don't know what the interior design decision was there, but just doesn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. The flow doesn't make sense to me. Hey, you don't know the appropriate way to make a bed. Each yeah. bed should have sleeping pillows for each side, a Euro sham decorative, 
throw pillows in front, and then I have my bolster pillow, which is what my laptop is sitting on. Holy shit. I have two pillows. Really fancy. You get a feather pillow and you, you chop it so it looks nice. Interesting. Here, let's do that again. I'm going to take a little snap of that. You want a little video? Let me fluff it up. Get the feathers going. Are you ready? Yeah, one second. Ready. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Uh, okay. Shifting gears a little bit. It's kind of, it's actually kind of fun providing you feedback on, on some of your, uh, your, just your like bedroom. Cause I think you kind of take it to heart a little bit. So I'm glad this is affecting you in that way. I take it very personally. Yeah. Like <laughs> you have a plant right next to your pillow. Like what if you wake up and you're like snoring and like next thing you know, there's a leaf in your mouth. Just interesting things. That's the flow. You got to think about that. Well, I don't snore. So. Oh, <laughs> Um, all right, then. <laughs> Obviously, there's probably a lot of people listening who thought about this career, or interested in it, or are in another career, but this is like a side passion of theirs. So just curious, you know, your advice. Um, let's break it down into like one, um, you know, your advice for folks that are studying this um, in undergraduate or, you know, folks that are like nearing the end of high school and thinking about this as, as a potential career path. Um, yeah, I think for people ending high school and going into college, I mean, I would just say it's definitely there's a lot of career options with it. And I know my parents were maybe a little hesitant because they thought, oh, you know, how many jobs are there actually out there in interior design? But there's a ton of options and a ton of things you can do with it. Um, so I would say definitely go for it and look up a good school for it and think about, you know, what inspires you and what type of design you're interested in, but I think it's definitely a great career path and not something to be nervous about going into. Did you need to know about it, um, that you were interested in this field before applying to schools, or is there avenues where after a year of, you know, undergrad, you can then shift into a program, you know, towards that? If you shift, so at Auburn, it was a four-year program that um, you applied to after your freshman year, but you have to take four years of design classes. So um, you can shift, but you'd be in school for longer. Um, and I think it depends on the school. There are some that I think maybe freshman year, you don't do any design classes and then you switch into it. Um, but I do think most of them knowing that you're going to go into it ahead of time is probably pretty important. Got it. When did you know? On, you know, was it like ninth grade, 10th grade, or like later on in your high school tenure? I wanted, I mean, like third grade, I had like a midlife <laughs> crisis in high school where I thought maybe I would just be a personal trainer because I was running so much, um, you know, running kind of filtered out and now I'm doing design. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I actually thought you would go into uh, Spanish teaching given, uh, given your exposure first period every year and how much our teacher loves you. You know, Senora Kuhn taught me a lot. And it did help me when I studied abroad. Spanish and Italian are very similar. So I felt like I knew what was going on. <laughs> I've lost a bit of that over the years. It gets better with tequila, but. Um, there you go. Um, funny enough, actually, the Spanish we learned has helped me, um, whether it's clients or just understanding, maybe not as much speaking, but understanding it has. So yeah. I owe her a big one, actually, next time I see her. 
because she did teach me teach me enough. Uh, shifting to folks that are in school currently, any advice for them? Um, I would just say keep at it. Um, the hard thing about design school is that it's a lot more time necessarily. I mean, so my roommate um, was pre-pharmacy and went into pharmacy school. So obviously her classes were so vastly different than mine, but the difference was hers were really hard and there were times where she's like, I don't understand this and I don't know what's going on. And, you know, she'd have to study or if she went to class and kind of knew what's going on, she didn't have to study and she had nothing going on. And I think with design school, you're not necessarily confused or you don't know what's going on, but there's a base level of time that like you have to do this project and it takes a while to figure out. So it's just a big time commitment really. And knowing that and learning time management, I think is good for the job and good for school, but it's definitely something that's challenging when you're in college and yeah. some of your friends have a major and are going out every night trying to figure out, okay, how can I get this done and have fun and sleep? Yeah. And all that. Is there, is there something I'm curious, like in your studies that you didn't focus on or you didn't not focus, but you know, you're a pretty good student, but like, you didn't really appreciate or think about. And then when you started in the real world, like, oh, I wish I would have paid more attention to this certain aspect of, of interior design. I think um, like construction. So in school, it was kind of easy to, like you had to do construction drawings, but no one was building from it. So it was kind of easy to like budget to make it look good to get a grade. Um, and then you're in the real world and they're going to build it and you're, scrambling to figure out how that works. I think I probably would have paid more attention to that or learned more about it. Got it. I kind of wish I knew stuff about construction. So I'm a little jealous there because um, it, it seems pretty interesting. It's like something everyone should, should know about, I feel like, it's especially like all yeah. over the infrastructure, this infrastructure, that like you should know at least the basics. Or even just like the basic in your house, like, okay, what, how are my cabinets built? Like if something breaks, how am I going to fix that? You know, yeah. it's good to know. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's something I'm uh, trying to like teach myself and become more of a, uh, just a home person, home fixer kind of thing. Cause you can save a lot of money in the long run. And too, I think it's, it's more of like the self-accomplishment feel. Um, of yeah, that. Like a dad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what if like, what's your advice for like, what are the options? Like someone like me, so I'm 26, I want to make a mid career shift or I guess early career shift. Do I need to go back to school for four years and, and study interior design or are there other avenues to break into the field? Um, I think it depends on what you want to do for residential. You definitely don't have to go back to school. In fact, I know several people who are just always really interested in design and made a switch two years after college and they're doing great you know you can learn a lot on the job and I would say a lot of what I learned was on the job um, but for a more like a big firm and a more commercial setting in order to get certified you do need some education and learning the drafting programs and the codes I think you definitely need education for so I think it just depends on what you want to do and if it's residential or um starting your own firm, I think initially you might have to rely on kind of those other disciplines like we talked about. Like if you don't know as much about how to do the drawings, you're going to have to rely on a builder or an architect more. But 
if you have the eye for it and you have the willpower, I think you can definitely make a switch in your 20s or later if you want. Awesome. Love that. Uh, love that optimism. I'll let you know when uh, I ever make a switch. It would be it would be residential and it would be a competing business to yours in Springfield, Illinois. I would take the west side. You can take the central part of the city. Well, I want Leland Grove. Fine. I don't want Leland Grove. I hate that place. Speed limit's only 25. Don't understand. <laughs> There's so many speed bumps. It really bothers me. Um, lastly, though, and the, the majority of the audience fits into this bucket of folks that are, you know, good. They like their careers, are happy, good with it, uh, but have an interest in this and you know, whether it's as small as like just, you know, having a Pinterest board, looking at stuff for their own home, or just like thinking about this and actually like putting pen to paper and sketching out, you know, how they want their home to be. Uh, like any advice, any resources, um, any thoughts to like help them achieve, you know, some of their goals as they're thinking about, you know, their own homes or offices or businesses as well? Mm -hmm. um, I think like when you're doing a DIY project, a lot of people do Pinterest and they save all the pictures they like, but I think the struggle is trying to figure out, you know, how to make my home look like that. Um, so what we essentially do, and I think any person can do if they train or try hard enough is, you know, put on one piece of paper, the six to 10 images you like the most and look at them and figure out, you know, what exactly in that image do I like about it? Is it the contrast of the white walls and the black chair, or is it that the ceilings are really high and there's a ton of windows? Um, I think one mistake a lot of people make is they pick a lot of pictures they like, and it's not necessarily anything that relates to the space they actually have. And so that's why they end up disappointed that it doesn't turn out the same. Um, so I think just analyzing, you know, what is it about that image that I love so much? And then how to do that in my own home? Um, so yeah, that's what I would do. I would try to find six to 10 pictures of what you like the most, um, put them on a piece of paper and figure out what about these pictures is it that I like, and then map out what you're going to do before you do it. So like, let's say you're renovating your kitchen and you find all these images that you like and you say, oh, okay, I like that the cabinets all have the same door and they have brass hardware. And in this one, I like that the paint color is this. And on this one, I like that they did glass light fixtures and a marble top. And then take all those elements and throw pictures of it on one piece of paper and think, okay, do they go together? Do I like that? And yeah. then you kind of go from there and figure out how you're going to do it. That's pretty, that's pretty helpful. Um, as, as it's funny because like I was thinking about my kitchen cabinets as I look over and, and I think, and I'm curious what you think of this statement. I feel like a few years ago, I didn't really like give a shit about any of this stuff, even maybe, you know, like a couple years ago, but I think as I've, you know, live, living and lived by myself and thinking um, about it, 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 there might be like a relation, like a correlation to just like happiness in general, like when you're at your own home and like things, I used to just be like, ah, fuck it, like, let me just put this here, like whatever, it serves a tangible purpose, like a rug, but like not necessarily thinking about like, oh, like how is the rug, how does it feel, like the color, and slowly and you know turning the corner on that probably more probably later than most um i guess your thoughts like the correlation between you know how a place is designed versus just 
in your inner self in terms of happiness or your feelings, things like that? And, and is that something you think about or you don't really think about it? Yeah, I mean, it's there's scientific studies that prove that um, your environment and the space you're in affects your mood. And there's even more detailed studies about like even colors that affect your mood. Um, so like there's studies that prove that if you're in a completely gray space all the time, that it can cause depression and it just makes you sad. And like the color yellow is exciting, but it's also gives you a lot of energy. So like if you have a yellow bedroom, maybe people have trouble sleeping because it just like keeps you stimulated more. Um, so I think it's huge that you find a space and even if you're in an apartment and let's say you can't, you know, paint the cabinets and change the wall color, there's still a lot you can do to make it feel comfortable. And I think it has a huge impact on your life and your happiness levels and your general mood, which is yeah. why I have so many plants in my room. Yeah, that there it is. It's a big one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really, really care. Holy shit, you have like six plants in your room. Yeah, <laughs> I like them. Paint do you have? Like, what's your wall paint color? Um, I just have white walls, and then I did like a light gray and taupe accent. So, like, my curtains are like a warm gray, and my pillows are different shades of like warm grays. Nice. And then it's just the plant with the color. Love that. I love the uh, I love the candle as well. My girlfriend really got me into candles. I'm all about it. I got, uh, I got it's ambient. I got my apple cinnamon right here. My candle. There you go, fall festive. Oh, exactly. And I got a winter one that I already lit up because I'm ready for Christmas. Um, but no, this is this has been this has been really uh, really helpful and just cool hearing this insight. Um, I do want to end with like you know a couple one or two takeaways. Um, before you go though, I think for me it's like kind of just simple. Just having a uh, this is a field I think folks just need to have more of an open mind on and think about and, and not there's a lot of misconceptions and preconceived notions like we talked about earlier and i i admit i was totally in, in that boat um and just having an open mind i, I kind of feel a little rejuvenated after this conversation because it is pretty cool and i just moved into my place like three or four days ago so now i'm thinking about stuff i need to do and i gotta buy bar stools and a dining table and so it's just exciting um thinking about it and, and i think for myself, uh, I probably had more of an open mind in high school. And then I went to school and got really focused on this career and finance and, and then didn't, you know, broaden my mind into some of these things. And now I'm back into it after graduation. And so I think folks that are in school, um, you know, if you're not going to this career, maybe a takeaway from this is maybe taking a design course or, or a, you know, architecture course or construction related course. So you can kind of get exposed into some of these disciplines, even though you're not, it's not your primary discipline. It's just good knowledge and, and really interesting. I was curious kind of what, what you want the listeners to take away, or if you had any thoughts uh, to what I said. Yeah, I think like the one or two takeaways are just, um, yeah, keeping an open mind and thinking outside the bubble a bit that yeah, design is, you know, helping to decorate your home, but there's a lot more you can do with it. So if you're considering it as a job or, um, thinking about one of your friends that's a designer, just know there's a whole lot more that goes into it and there's a lot of options with it. Um, yeah, I think that's the big takeaway. And don't yeah. be afraid of it if you're doing it at home and you wanna give it a shot, um, have fun with it. I think 
it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of variety and it's a cool thing to do if it's something you're interested in. Wrapping up here. So I am curious and Kelly, what's her name? Kelly Hoopland? <laughs> Kelly Worsler. Oh, Kelly Worsler. Um, <laughs> I was, I was honored to ask you who the equivalent of Michael Jordan is in the world of interior design. Um, is it Kelly Warp? What's her name? Warpsler? I can't remember this. E-A-R-S-T-L-E-R. Um, I would say she's a pretty, she's really big right now and she has kind of a very unique style and she's doing things really differently than most people. So I would say like in current design, she's like a huge name to know and she has like a master class out right now that talks about her design. So I think that she's a really good one. Um, and then I guess, I don't know, I was thinking about that. Who's the Michael Jordan of interior design? Um, historically, like Frank Lloyd Wright is, he's an architect, but he was also the first um, interior designer of sorts because he's one of the first people that did it all. So he wasn't just going to do the building. He designed all of the interior too and said, you know, if I'm doing this house, you don't get to change it. This is the form and the function and how it's all going to work. Um, so I think he's kind of an older name, but someone who is so influential in design and it's still a big deal today for a lot of people. Interesting. That's pretty cool. You know where you went to school? I don't, do you? University of Wisconsin, Madison, I believe. Uh, Big Ten guy. Yeah. And to point out, you 217ers, go to the Dana Thomas house. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, and then, like I've asked all of my guests um, on the show, um, any bold predictions for the next 12 to 18 months? Uh, unfortunately, this has to be non-interior design related. Non-interior design related. A bold prediction. Um, I'm predicting it is Bama and Clemson in the national championship again, and that one of their best players has COVID for the game. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep the... the what's it called college football playoff thing prediction going. And for mine, I'll go with Notre Dame Clemson rematch. Trevor Lawrence is back. They win by two touchdowns. Ooh, that's a good prediction. That's my thought. I didn't, I, that, I just came up with that. I didn't realize you were going college football. So it kind of made sense. Do you know what I almost said that I don't think is true? I was thinking like, what if since the big 10 and um, PAC 12 are coming back and, like playing at the end of the season, all their games. I'm like, how sick would it be if like Oregon came in halfway through the season and just won every game and made it to the national championship? But I don't think they will, but it'd be cool. That'd be sick. That, that would be, it would, I would, the college football, I just like how there's just chaos and people have all these opinions and it's kind of fun hearing all the talking heads just argue about the playoff system and what should, what and how they should do it. It's pretty funny. My, my southern world college football you got to take me to an auburn tailgate one of these years come on down wear like a plaid button-up and a patagonia vest all right i have i have a plaid button-up um i have a pa i do have a patagonia vest so i'm perfect and i got boots and jeans <laughs> we'll get you some boots yeah <laughs> Um, well, thanks again, Christy. This is this has been really fun. Uh, you're, I think, you're the first guest. Um, yeah, you are from the two one seven, and so uh, from from the high school days. So one of the longest tenured uh, in terms of 
friendships with me. So uh, on the show, okay. so I appreciate you taking time and know the bachelor's on and uh, this has been really <laughs> fun. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I just want to be known in Atlanta. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, thanks. Uh, thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. And until next week, meet you at the bottom. Thank you.